This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You need, you need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Brian Baldinger. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. What's going on, guys? Carl Dukes put him up along with my man, Brian Baldinger. Baldy, we're counting down to the NFL draft. This is one of, if not the most exciting times of the offseason. And I think even with the season, the season is about games. The offseason is about team building. And we're seeing teams take advantage of taking care of their own players. And yesterday, we get word that Jalen Hurts signs an incredible deal with the Philadelphia Eagles. And Baldy, I want to start there because everybody wondered what the marketplace would be. Mm-hmm. You, along with Jason Lockon Four, who's a part of this podcast as well, we've gone back and forth on what's the number for Lamar, what makes sense. Okay, so let's talk about Jalen first. Highest paid player in NFL history when you talk about the average year per right. year, $51 million. So the deal itself, $179 million in total guarantees, $110 guaranteed at signing, $126 million fully guaranteed by March 24th or March 2024, should I say. So, Baldy, I looked at this deal when it came out. I said, Jalen Hurts got it right. He signed a very good deal. It's a no-trade clause for him. And more importantly, it looks like, hey, $255 million. That's the number, right? But it's not really the number. But he, he signs a deal that I think is fair. And I think the Eagles did the right thing here. Yeah, I do too. And uh, the Eagles tend to do the right thing, especially when it comes time to quarterbacks. They did it with Donovan McNabb throughout his career. Mm. Heck, they did it with Carson Wentz. I mean, if you go back to 2019, Carson Wentz just finished his third year. He was on a five-year, you know, five-year rookie deal. They did not have to redo him after his third year. They didn't. But they also are smart enough to know that the market's not coming down. It's only going up. Now, I was in the camp that said, I think Carson needs another year, and he needs a great year. He's coming off, uh, you know, he, he played that year. He had come off the torn ACL from his second year. I, I was in the camp that they didn't have to do that, but mm. they did. Now, turned out not to be a great thing, but that's all right. You know, they, they have a track record. And so when they did this with, with Jalen, who was the 53rd pick just three years ago in the second round, they said a couple of things. One, we're not going to fully guarantee the contract, but we'll going to give you a good contract. You're the highest paid player in the history of the game at 51 million a year, but we're not guaranteeing the full contract. So I think that's the big thing for Joe Burrow, Lamar, you know, Jackson, for Justin Herbert, that what they did with Deshaun Watson is what Cleveland did, and nobody thought that was a good thing. Um, so they didn't fully guarantee it. But the, the key here, Carl, to me is, like I know Jalen Hurts, and we'll get into Jalen in a second, but both sides look happy to me, Carl. Both sides look like they won. Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie, the Eagles, they feel like they've got their quarterback for the next five years. 
Jalen Hurts feels like he's their quarterback for the next five years. Like, let's keep building. Let's let's go finish. Let's get back to the Super Bowl and let's finish it. That's the key. And there was none of this knockout, drag out, you know, like there, there was nothing being done in the press, nothing being done on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just adults in a room going, we can do this. <laughs> we want you. You want to be here. And now you start hearing about these other players, Carl, whether it's Buda Baker, we can get into this. It seems like it's a destination people want to come. You know, like it's it, it feels like they take care of their own. They're very fair. They want effort. They want production. They want improvement, all the stuff that everybody wants. But they, it feels like there's a whole bunch of adults in the room. Baldy, you bring up a great point. And I think a lot of fans may or may not be aware, or maybe we don't even think about it, when we talk about an organization's perception. First and foremost, all these guys talk. All of them. Yes. We talk to guys. They know other guys on teams. They played with other guys. And when it comes to contract time and it comes to free agency and you go, hey, is that a good spot? And your boy goes, man, let me tell you about the GM. Let me tell you about the front office. Yeah. It becomes an issue where teams or players go, all right, they might have the money to pay me, but it may not be a great situation. And what you're talking about with the Eagles is how he's created a great situation for players to come. They're winning. And then the environment and the culture there is such that as a player, it's somewhere, it's a destination. You want to go. Guys, for years, the Raiders weren't a destination, right? For years, Cleveland wasn't attracting free agents and, and, you know, doing the things they needed to do mostly because of the front office and the way they went about their business. I think it's a great point. And the teams, Kansas City, Eagles, and it's not just because they played in the Super Bowl. It's been this way, right? Yes. Uh, For a long time, Green Bay, despite the Aaron Rodgers drama, they've always kind of had that that allure that, hey, and Reggie changed that, right? When Reggie went there and then they started doing things. But there's certain franchises that you go, I got to look at this and make the right decision. It's beyond money. Am I going to the right place for me? All those, so it's a good piggyback there, Carl. But then just let's just get to, to Jalen Hurts, the okay. person. Because what the Eagles are investing in is the ultimate leader. Like anybody that's been around Jalen Hurts for any period of time, you could say he has it, but you know, you still got to be productive. You got to get better. I remember after his first year in Philly, him saying, Man, all I want to do is be coached. He said he didn't feel like he was coached at Alabama. He felt like he was just out there playing. He went to Oklahoma after a grad transfer, after he graduated from Alabama, and a grad transfer went to Lincoln. It felt like he got coached by Lincoln. Yes. felt like he learned something about football. Came to Philadelphia, Carson Wentz drama, like, you know, Doug Peterson and, you know, that group. Like, he didn't feel like he was really being coached. Now with Nick Sirianni, you know, Shane Steichen, you know, Brian Johnson, all the guys that have been there, he feels like, okay, like, this is the way it's supposed to be. Like, you can put me front and center. Like, I know what you're telling me what I need to do to get better. Let me work on those things to get better. And that's the person he is. And everybody in the organization, not just the players, but everybody in the organization, because these things are little corporations, right? Everybody likes and trusts and respects Jalen Hurts without him campaigning for it. There's right. been other players in Philadelphia that campaigned to be like that. Hmm. Jalen earns it every day with 
the what he demands of himself. And it's just you you want to you feel good about rewarding those type of people. And especially a guy who's still so young in this game. And then, you know, the, the, the last point is like only in the NFL can Jalen Hurts make more money than the best player in the league in Patrick Mahomes. But that's what Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and I think Lamar is still capable of doing that. You know, but it's got to be it's got to be all sides feeling like they win, though, Carl. Ryan Baldinger, guys, Carl Dukes with you. It's in the huddle. Subscribe. We put out new episodes Tuesday and Thursdays, usually. And uh, we more than likely uh, put little snippets out throughout the course of, uh, of the week. So you just never know when you're going to catch us. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. The total contract value is $255 million. Um, to your point, I know a lot of people always ask the question, is he worth it? I, I always, my response to that is because, Baldy, the business we're in, if somebody's willing to pay us, it's worth it. That's so right. the NFL is no different. You know, yeah. if somebody's willing to pay him, it's worth it. But I do think the character that you're talking about and the makeup of Jalen Hurts is a big part of this. I just do. And listen, I I've said this. If teams like you, they're going to take care of you. They may know, hey, guy has flaws. He's got some things. But at the end of the day, if you do your job as well as he's done it and they like you, they're going to take care of you. It kind of gets me to the Lamar situation where now we're wondering what's he going to get based on this particular deal. And by the way, the Eagles have never given a, a no-trade clause to anybody, mm -hmm. and they did it for Jalen Hurts. So when you talk about you know certain things that happen with an organization over a period of years and you go, well, they've never given that, I think that speaks volumes also to, hey, we're, we're invested in this guy. He's 24 years old. But let's talk about Lamar real quick. And I'm not saying that the Ravens don't like him. Don't, don't misunderstand me. What I am saying is – I think they have more reservations about doing what he's asking them to do than the Eagles had about Jalen Hurts. I'm not at practice. I don't see what goes on behind the scenes. But what I will say is, if everything was in line like it was with Jalen, whether or not he had an agent or not, I still think, Bali, this would have been done. And so it brings me back to, what do the Ravens know that we don't that says, Here's our number. This is the line, and we're not crossing it, and we don't care. And I don't know what that number is, but it can't be more than $200 million guaranteed, especially after what we just saw. Well, <clears throat> that's the biggest thing about this contract is Deshaun Watson got what he got, and that's what, you know, Mr. Learn, that's what Cleveland's ownership decided, Jimmy Haslam and company, they decided that's what they wanted. Not everybody has to do that. The Eagles just structured a contract where it's not fully guaranteed. That's the biggest thing is that you're probably not going to get 230 guaranteed million dollars at that position from anybody. Mm -mm. That's Mahomes doesn't have it. I doubt Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, or Lamar is going to get it. Um, but I, you know, Lamar's situation is they have reservations. I mean, that's the only way you can read this here. There's no question he gives them the best chance to win this year and long-term. But there's certainly reservations from the people that write the checks, Steve Bishotti and company, in that organization about them. It, it, there's no other way to read it. And the Eagles have less reservations. That This thing happened, really. It materialized very quickly. The season, you know, the Super Bowl was February 13th. Here we are on, you know, April 17th, and the deal's done. Mm. In two months, the deal's done. 
and not a whisper. Some speculation like, oh, they're working on it. Like out of nowhere, deal's done. Sign, agree, deals. I mean, it's amazing. A very complex deal um, can get done when both sides want, both sides need each other and want each other. And so they're coming from a mutual, like mutual respect. But in two months, this deal got done, Carl. From a second half Super Bowl collapse, and I'm not putting any of it on Jalen. Sure. Um, The guy put up four touchdowns that day. But uh, two months, the deal got done. Yeah, it is. It's incredible. And it tells you behind the scenes, if things are done right, right, then this is what happens. Guys, uh, as we talk about the Eagles, and I'll just put this in perspective, Aaron Judge is the highest paid position player in baseball, Steph Curry in basketball, and now it's Jalen Hurts in the NFL. And to Baldy's point, that may not last long, right? That that may be six months from now, we may be talking about somebody else, and we probably will right. be. Carl, like, so let's just go back real quick to 2019 with Carson Wentz. I mean, at that time, Russell Wilson had the largest guarantee in a contract ever, $107 million guaranteed. And the Eagles gave Carson Wentz $107.9 million. They gave him almost a million more dollars guaranteed. Mm. Like, if they like you, they're going to take care of you. And they didn't have to do that to Carson in, after his third year. They could have easily waited like the, the Rams did with Jared Goff, easily wait another year to get the deal done. But they did it. And so there, there's a strong track record. And not just quarterbacks. I mean, there's Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox. They're all back. Lane Johnson just got an extension. Like, they feel like if you are a true Philadelphia Eagle, conduct yourself like an Eagle, play like we we want you to be, like, they don't have to do that to Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox. You know, they those guys, you could have all said that their best football is in front of them. It's not, or behind them, it's not in front of them. But they all, they're all coming back. Yeah. And by the way, I don't know what happens in this draft, right? The Eagles have a couple of picks, by the way, uh, which is going to enhance them in some way, shape, or form. And I'm thinking about what you're talking about. And it makes me wonder where the Cowboys are. And I'm not saying that they're not taking care of their own. They're making the right decisions. The move on from Zeke, I think, was the right decision. We've kind of talked about this stuff. But the Eagles, by far, right now in the NFC East, it's the squad. I mean, the Giants bring back, you know, they bring back their quarterback. They franchise Saquon. I get it. I still don't think they're better than the Eagles. Commanders, they don't have a quarterback. I mean, we, we can talk about it. I don't know if they draft one or not. But I still don't think they're better than the Eagles. And then you go, all right, well, the Cowboys. And I look at the personnel. And, again, the draft will change this because the Cowboys and the Eagles, they'll, they'll draft out. We'll see where this goes. But – I just think to your point, like their window is open right now. They maybe got to a Super Bowl, maybe before they thought they would with Jalen Hurts. And now I think they're five. And I always say five years because that's a long time in the NFL, right? Their five-year window is open. So between now and Jalen Hurts turning 29 or 30 years old, they got to get back to one and win one. And I think that's what you're talking about. That's why the commitment to re-sign some of these guys, these key players, is like we can't go away from this. We got to we got to stay in this moment and and bring back the best players and make sure we're taking care of our guys. So you know you're talking about organizations then because like the Giants, okay, they they made the playoffs this year, and you know right now Saquon's not coming to OTAs, not happy with being franchised. You know uh, Dexter Lawrence not coming to OTAs, not mm-hmm. happy without getting a deal. Yep, like, this thing is blown up very quickly. 
to, you know, like, you know, and, and, and Cowboys went through this with Zeke. You know, he went off to Cabo. Let's get the deal done. They should have done Dak first, but they did Zeke. And then Dak, you know, was out there, like, you know, hanging on. Like, the Eagles seem to be, you know, look, I, look people say I'm a homer. I, I played for Philly. I lived there. All, I, I'm just looking at the outside. Treat all 32 teams the same. Like, you just don't see this drama in right. Philadelphia. Right. You know, last year at the draft, they pull off one of the greatest trades of all time in getting A.J. Brown. I don't know how $100 million materialized to get A.J. Brown signed, but damn if he didn't make a big difference on that football team. And they knew it, and they got Jalen what he needed. They he got a, they got a dog at the X receiver position. They needed it. They didn't feel like it was in the draft, and they got it. Done deal. You know, they, they, they made the trade and got the deal done in the same day. Like some teams are just better at this than other teams. Yeah, and that's that's why it gets back to front office. Carl Dukes, Brian Baldinger with you guys. It's in the huddle. All right, let's talk about Bryce Young for a second because okay. Bryce Young has canceled his meetings with everyone else after meeting with the Panthers, the Raiders, and the Texans. So you've got Panthers, Texans, 1-2 in the draft. Raiders, I think, pick seventh. But what's this say? Has Bryce Young been promised he's going one overall? Or is this just his people going, you know what? We know you're going to be top two, top three. We don't need to meet with these other teams. Even though guys may know where they're going to be slotted, they're still meeting with teams because you just don't know how the draft plays out. What's this say about Bryce saying, I'm done meeting with everybody? I think there's a couple of things. One, the agents talk. So, you know, there, there, there can be – I mean, there used to be a time, Carl, when you'd have the number one pick signed before the draft ever started. That's right. Remember those days? Yeah, back like, in the day. Get the deal done. Yeah. Right? You're my number one. And there was no drama. There was nothing. It was just a formality when it came to the draft. But we, we don't do that anymore. But at some point, you go, does Bryce Young really need to go fly to Nashville and to go talk to the Tennessee Titans? Not, no. I mean, at some point, you just go, what, do I need to get on a plane and take another trip? And listen to a bunch of you know questions. You might get to know the team, and maybe down the road it's important. I just don't think. I think. I think a he feels pretty good about being the number one pick, but even if he isn't, at some point some of these meetings are just gratuitous. Mm. You know, you've been you've been meeting at the combine, you've been meeting at pro days, you've been meeting one on ones at dinner. The, the the circuit does get old, Carl. It would get old for anybody if you're a college. You know, if you're a high school kid and you're doing the, you know, the recruiting circuit, it gets old. You know, at some point you just want to have a normal life. You know, like the draft is nine days away. Do I need to get on another airplane and have somebody ha go up on a whiteboard and draw up a play for somebody? Like, I, I, first of all, the tape speaks for itself. Yeah. You know, 27 games in Alabama. You could talk to Nick Saban. Nick will pick up the phone and talk to you. What kind of kid he is. All the background checks. I mean – you could do all that stuff. But I just feel like at some point, enough is enough of some of this stuff. So for those of you wondering about Bryce, and I'm not, I think he's the most talented quarterback as far as coming into the league and, and, and being a difference maker uh, immediately. Um, he met with Dave Tepper while we're talking about the, the combine and all that. And he met with Tepper's wife. Dave Tepper's the owner of the Carolina Panthers. And mm -hmm. Tepper met with his parents. I mean, this is noted. Everybody, if you're, you're paying attention to what's going on, but the thing that stood out to me, Baldy, is they gave him this S2 test, which is this cognitive processing test, and he crushed it. 
And other guys in the last few years that have crushed this test, one named Joe Burrow, another named Justin Fields. And so if you're going, well, what's the difference between this and maybe the Wonder League? This is about quarterbacking, processing, how fast, because you've only got three or four seconds to get rid of the football. And I got to know, and I'm snapping my fingers, where I'm going with the football. He crushed this test. And like the Carolina Panthers believe in this test. A lot of teams around the league do. And it's just that for me, it's just another thing, a notch in his belt to go, okay, Tate, Heisman, Stats. Oh, by the way, we gave him this test and he crushed this, this processing test, which tells me he understands and how quickly he's going to have to process in the NFL. I'm just saying that to me is just an added layer of why Bryce Young is going to be the number one overall pick. I agree. I agree with all that, Carl. The thing, I, you know, look, the only reservation about Bryce Young Size is his size and frame. That's it. If he was Joe Burrow size, this thing would be a, this thing would have been done. Like it wouldn't have been like he wouldn't even gone. Like Carolina would have made the trade with Chicago, yeah. and they'd probably have the deal done. You know, so that's the only reservation that teams have to get their hands around is when he takes that hit. You know, from you know, I don't know, Shaq Barrett. You know, mm. when he takes that hit. Week one, does he just get up and dust himself off and go back to the huddle? Like, that's the question mark. Um, and maybe he doesn't take hits. Maybe he just beats teams with his decision-making and his speed of decision-making. And the ball's just gone before he gets hit, and he just lets the NFL rules, um, you know, protect him. But <clears throat> that's that's really the, the, the only question. I, I don't think anybody that has talked to him, been around him, the leadership – the processing, uh, you know, information, the processing component that can be measured in, a, in an exam. Um, I don't think that's really ever in doubt right now. Yeah. The size thing is interesting, Baldy. And, and again, uh, you know, Justin, Justin Fields played here in the Atlanta area. Right. And I've known his family and, yeah. and we've talked a couple of times uh, or since, you know, his time in Chicago, but I remember the first time my daughter saw him. Yeah. And this is when he was at Ohio State, right? He had okay. transferred from Georgia, and, and we saw him out. And I was like, hey, you know, we're talking. And my, my yeah. daughter at the time, I think she's 15 maybe or whatever, 14. And, and she says, wow, he's a big guy. And she didn't realize that he played quarterback. Right. And, and, you know, he's 6'3", 230, right? Yeah. He's solid. He's yeah. solid. So to your point, I'm just saying when you see these guys up close and personal, there's a big difference between 5'11", 195, and 6'3", 230, or Anthony Richardson, 6'4", 240, you know, 245. That's just a big difference in their frame and their makeup. And so I, I understand the the those reservations from teams. I, I do, because to your point, and you've been around it all your life, when those big boys land on you, or they, or they beat their offensive linemen, and, and all of a sudden they got a free shot. And I know it's not the old days. I mean, you're not you're not hitting guys in the head, but still, that's a lot well, of power. I'll give you, I'll give you two examples, Carl. To your point, I mean, I remember the first time I talked to Lamar Jackson. He, he's got a neck like a middle linebacker now. <laughs> like you know, the first thing I didn't even like look how tall he was. Yeah. Or, I just saw his neck. He got the neck of you know Roquan Smith, you know, of a middle linebacker. Like that's real. And then I posted a picture after uh, Jalen got uh, signed yesterday. I posted a picture. I was working out with him a couple of years ago, and I was snapping to him in this, you know, this workout we were doing. And, you know, in the picture, 
you know, he's just getting ready to take a snap. And you just see his thighs and you see his physique. You know, this is a guy that can deadlift 650 pounds easily. Mm. Like, he is built like a tank. Like, he's always been a power lifter, you know, I mean, his whole life. Like, he's super strong. And to Jalen, you know, and, and so then you, you go, okay, Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts, Lamar. They're all built really strong and big, and they've all been hurt. All of them. Yeah. You know? And so um, that's what you have to factor that in, that this could very well happen to a guy who's not built like that, that might take these kind of hits the way Justin Fields has been hit the first two years. Jalen got hurt the last two years. Uh, Lamar's been hurt the last two years. Like, it's a reality when you you don't even have to break the pocket and these things can happen to these guys. Baldy, I want to ask you, yesterday, Nick Casario, the general manager of the Texans, came out and basically said, I'm not leaving, like he was on the Wolf of Wall Street or something. I mean, he, <laughs> he was adamant about, you know, I, I should be even answering these questions. And I'm like, Nick, you've won seven games in two years. What are we talking about here? You fired two coaches. Now you've got D'Amico. I don't know even how to, to judge the job that he's done because there's been so much tor- turmoil there. I get it. He had to get past the Deshaun Watson situation, and they did. But the fact of the matter is he came out and basically said, listen, after the draft, which was the rumor, he might be leaving the Texans after the draft. And he's like, and the quote is, quite frankly, I'm almost embarrassed. I have to sort of feel like Leonardo DiCaprio in Wolf of Wall Street. I'm not leaving. So he's adamant about this. And I'm just curious about the team building aspect of this. How much time does Nick Casario get with the Texans now that he's got a new coach? And by the way, D'Amico Ryans signed a six-year deal. He's got the power now. He's got the he's got the contract that's that's bigger, okay, from a time standpoint than Nick Casario. And at some point, the, the organization is going to say, "We're going to listen to D'Amico maybe more than we're going to listen to Nick." No, no, there's no no question about it. I mean, D'Amico comes from San Francisco, where John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have literally they both signed a six-year contract. The same time, okay? They were joined together at the hip. And remember now, John's a guy that came from Fox Sports, never did this before. Right. But Kyle recruited them. They've all been extended for the same amount of time. Wow. Okay, going forward. So the power, I mean, if you just go by the contract, is very, very split. This is like, Nick has to crush this draft. He's got two number ones, he's got a two, and he's got three threes. And the talent drain out of that organization hmm. has been severe. Like the only guy left really is, is Laramie Tunsil. All right. With the trade they made with the Dolphins. Right. But otherwise they have got to show severe, whether they draft a quarterback, don't draft a quarterback, whatever they do, they have to get highly competitive this year. And Nick can say all this stuff. Everybody knows in this business, Carl, you're hired to be fired because you're hired today. And if three years from now, they've got 11 wins instead of seven or a year from now, they've got 11 wins instead of seven. Nick isn't going to be there. And D'Amico will go find his next guy. I mean, it's just like, I'm not here to, to badmouth Nick Casario, but tell me where the direction of this organization has improved since he took over. That's a fair question. Like, it's not a question of, you know, how long, how long you'd be here, Nick? It's like, what what have we done in two years? Yeah, I, I uh, I'm just big on seeing how teams are built. 
And, you know, we talk about this all the time, like all these guys, just generally speaking, these general managers, they come in with these philosophies and how they're going to team build. And, you know, I'll give you an example, uh, Baldy. I was looking at Indianapolis, the roster of the Colts, because we both, you know, they got the fourth overall pick. We've been talking about it. By the way, Baldy and Jason Locke on four are going to be on draft night, guys. They're going to do a special show. Want to make sure we let you guys know this. Baldy and I will be back next week leading up to the draft and talking about more specific stuff, but big draft night show. So uh, many ways to get all the information and take it all in. But I'm looking at the Colts, Chris Ballager, general manager. Baldy, their two best players are an offensive lineman and an off-the-ball linebacker. Seriously. It's not quarterback. Jack Leonard, Quentin Nelson. Correct. You throw Jonathan it, Taylor in there. You, you throw Jonathan Taylor. So, but, but it's not quarterback. It's yeah. not Corner. Right. No, I your point. You know what I'm saying? It's not yeah. safety. And I'm going, what is Ballard doing when you talk about team building and you say, how have the Colts gotten better? Now, I know they've taken a lot of risk on these quarterbacks, but like we're just talking about the Eagles and Jalen Hurts because it's been the focus today with the big contract. The Eagles, best players, right? When you look at across the board, you start going quarterback, corner, D-line, O-line, like I don't know. I, I think that's what we're getting at here when we talk about the Texans, but there are other teams, general managers, who have to get it right. I also think Chris Ballard's got to get this right. Well, look, okay, Andrew Luck retires. <clears throat> um, that will that will knock a lot of general managers and organizations off the rocker for a little while. But it's five years now. It's five years since Andrew Luck retired, okay? Um you want to go through Philip Rivers. You want to go through Carson Wentz. You want to go through Matt Ryan and some draft picks that are just backups. Okay. But meanwhile, it looks like everything else around it has sort of collapsed. Right. You know, they're just not a highly competitive team. The offense line collapsed last year. The defense has not been rebuilt. You know, I mean, so, you know, there's a, a you know, teams talk about windows. They thought they were in a window, Carl. All right. And they were just a quarterback away and they could go win the division, home playoff game. Let's go compete. Well, you know, there's three straight years of that and probably more of that going on in Indianapolis. So, yes, if I was Chris Ballard, I'd be feeling the heat. I know Jimmy Ursay. Um, he's been very patient right right now. Um, but this this thing, this thing has to get turned around this year because we just saw what Jacksonville did this year. Yeah. Like Jacksonville just made a huge leap. This year, won a playoff game on the road, you know, Doug Peterson, like that. They look like they're the, you know, the team that everybody's going to chase in the AFC South now for a while. That's what it looks like. So if Indianapolis wants to get back in the game, they better get the quarterback position right this season. I'm with you. It's going to be fun, guys. We are counting down to the draft. It's in the huddle. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dix with you. We appreciate you, as always, checking us out and being here. The Jalen Hurts deal, congratulations to Jalen, man. Great, great kid. I mean, he just is great guy and does it the right way, and this is him getting rewarded as he should through all the hard work. One, uh, one thing about that deal, though, Carl, I yeah. know we, we kind of touched on this. Like, for all these quarterbacks, we may see five go in the first round. We've talked about all their names. Like, in addition to just having a burning desire for the game of football, that is very difficult to measure in, in conversations, meetings, dinners. But in addition to that, you better be mature. You better have leadership qualities. Like you better have those things 
as much as your talent. Because if you don't have those, the maturity is huge. 24 years old, Eagles feel very confident giving $51 million a year to Jalen because of his maturity. Yeah, He's not going to do anything stupid. He's not going to do anything reckless. It's not going to happen. Like, that's one of the reasons why they feel so confident. This the, the Kansas City Chiefs feel the exact same way about Patrick Mahomes. So when you are ready to give these big contracts to young guys, you better have maturity and leadership, like out there in front of everything else that they possess. All right. I'm glad you brought that up. And I got to mention this and we'll talk more next week because Jalen Carter has met with pretty much everyone in the top 10. It's the one thing that teams are afraid of. Yep. It's not his talent. It is his maturity and his commitment. If Jalen Carter had those two things wrapped up and there was no fear, okay, based on the past history of what's what's transpired and what's going on at Georgia, he would be top three, okay? He might be the first overall pick because he's that dominant as far as just a physical specimen and on the D-line. But, Baldy, those are the two things. And everybody keeps saying, why will he drop? If he drops, maturity and his commitment. Carl, I, I would give this exercise to anybody that's a football fan, and a lot of them do this, and I'm sure you've done it. Like, just go through, just go back and look at past drafts. And there's 10 busts in every draft. I'm not saying Jalen Carter's going to be a bust. I'm just saying there's 10 busts in every draft. Vic right. Beasley, yes. Atlanta, yeah. undersized defensive end. I mean, out of the league, didn't love football, whatever. Undersized. But you could go through every draft, and you can find 10 busts in every draft. And the number one issue with almost every one of them is maturity. Like they just couldn't handle it. Okay. And it's something that you try to screen as much as you can before you draft these players, but it is maturity is and leadership and accepting responsibility and all those things that are difficult to gauge for a 21 year old kid. And most of these guys drafting, being drafted here next Thursday night are 21 years old. Yeah. just It's just difficult for any of us at 21 to be that type of mature, that type of maturity when there's just so much going on at such a young age with so much given to you. It is. It's, it's why I think, Baldy, when we look at these contracts and everybody goes, man, that's – it's a lot of money. I, I've always said, you know, and I've had this discussion because, you know, we've we've talked about this from the terms of race where, you know, you have young black kids who don't necessarily have the access or the wherewithal to handle any kind of money that get into money all of a sudden. And it's a big responsibility. And, you know, it's it's but it would be for anybody if I mm -hmm. gave you and I'm talking to you guys right now, 23, 24, 25 million dollar check and said, good luck. Go handle that. You wouldn't know what to do. You, no. you wouldn't know where to go. You could be 35, 45 years old, and you'd be like, what am I going to do with all this money? And yet, guys at 21 and 24, they get that, and we expect them to handle it as if they're a 50-year-old guy. And and, they, and and for those who do, it's amazing. But for those who don't, I understand why, because it's just hard. It's hard, man. Yeah. You know? So – Great stuff, Baldy, as always, yep. bro. Hey, yeah, we'll bro. talk. We're going to talk next week. Baldy again, Jason Lock on four draft night, guys. We'll tell you more about that Tuesday when we come back. 
We're going to get into specifics. We're going to talk teams. We're going to talk draft picks. We're going to get Baldy's breakdowns on some of these guys. And we're going to get ready for the draft on Thursday night. It's going to be epic. Thank you for being here. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes. We'll talk to you next time in the huddle.